where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skill team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. With former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's finish this bad boy out by going out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to talk with Michael Russo. He covers the NHL for the athletic and you can follow him on twitter twitter rather at russo hockey michael how are you doing today my friend i'm doing great (laughs) oh i've got these guys (laughs) laughing at me in the studio and you think it's funny as well all right i see how this is gonna go (laughs) so so michael i wanted to have you on because you wrote a story the other day guys are not happy how the NHL's positive tests will impact the return to play. So I'm going to ask you an open-ended question. How are players around the league responding to what's been a really rough week when it comes to COVID-19 positive tests around not only hockey, but sports in general? Yeah, I think it's a little bit mixed. I mean, you know, the, the reality is that obviously as players start to test more and more as they enter phase two, for instance, Minnesota Wild or one team that officially uh, has not entered phase two, they'll technically start that tomorrow. And now guys that are willing to enter that will t- get tested. And as you, uh, you know, as you do more tests, there's going to be more positives. And I think it's inevitable in the league. I think we're, we're uh, the positive test coming out this week uh, really makes for some dismay is that it's at a delicate juncture where the, the union and the, and the NHL are, are trying to negotiate not only return to play, but, collective bargaining agreement and and these guys um you know are going to have to vote and there's a lot of guys on the fence right now um you know i still think that it gets done at the end of the day but uh you know here in minnesota a lot of the players i talk to are, are a little bit concerned about how uh fast that the nhl is going about this especially in um areas like florida and arizona that that seem to be having an outbreak that uh that's uh suddenly lighting up and I think that's one of the concerns right now uh, going into a lot of things that the NHL uh, players are going to have to uh, deal with here in the coming days. All right, Michael, what, what is the NHL saying or even the players union about how positive tests are going to be handled as far as player transactions, uh, time on the IR, uh, members of the team that may have to be quarantined, how they're going to investigate it. What is their big plan of action going to be if they start getting positive tests? Well, I think that is going to be the uh, intriguing question as we go forward here because the NHL and the NHL Players Association are going to are in the middle and in the final stages of working out protocols that are uh, that the players are going to have to vote on. But to me, the real adventure is not now. I mean, it, you know, as I just said, I mean, the, as you do tests and these guys are tested for the first time, it's almost inevitable that they're going to be positive tests in the league. 
What I wonder is if they get if they uh, vote to return to play and we get closer to training camp, what are they going to do if there are positive tests in training camp? What are they going to do on July 28th or August 5th or August 20th if NHL stars are testing positive in the middle of this bubble? Um, these are the things that we're going to have to see here, and I think it's going to be fascinating uh, both for the league and, and the teams on how they're going to handle uh, those type of tests. But they have not given any specifics, but essentially what they're going to do is try to pull these guys out of the locker room, um, isolate them, and then the question is, you know, at, at that point, I'm doing uh, stories actually this week with a, with a leading COVID doctor at Mayo Clinic. Uh, what are the treatments like come late July, early August? I will say the thing that this doctor tells me um, will make you feel a lot more optimistic that treatments for COVID will be a lot more plentiful uh, come late July, early August. We're talking with Michael Russo. He covers the NHL for The Athletic, and he's joining us here on Ribs and BK. Michael, if you don't mind me asking as a little bit of a follow-up to that question, let's say there are those treatments. That's great, but if you are still infectious, as they say, for the two weeks, wouldn't that still mean that they have to be quarantined for those two weeks? Yeah, I would. I would absolutely think so. I mean, a lot of it will depend if they're symptomatic or asymptomatic, and, and uh, these guys will be at, at least in phase two and probably into phase three, tested a couple times a week. But I agree with you. You're going to have to pull them out of the locker room, and that to me is what's so fascinating here. Is, is you know, what are they going to do if all of a sudden a Sidney Crosby, uh, you know, tests uh, positive for COVID come late July, right before a qualifying uh, round robin or a playoff round or or a qualifying round. I mean, you know, this is a league. I remember, what was it, three years ago when Sidney Crosby had the mumps and they trotted him out there. It was like He looked like sloth from Goonies, <laughs> yeah. and they wouldn't admit that he had the mumps. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, there's just going to come a point here. Like, what if you're in the middle of a, you know, third round of the playoffs and a, and a star player um, test positive? Are you pulling him out for two weeks? Or, you know, uh, the Wild had the mumps three, four years ago. They lost basically their entire blue line. Um, so, you know, obviously this is a different virus, but uh, this is a league that, as we know, um, sometimes is not the most honest when it comes to injuries and illness, and we'll see how they handle that, but it's going to be fascinating to watch. Now, Michael, you look, we talk about, you know, positive tests and things like that, and I think the biggest question, at least for some people, is who, what are the hub cities going to be? And I had yeah. a little bit of a discussion earlier with our our good buddy Jeremy Rutherford, we had him on earlier talking about it. And look, Vegas looks to be a shoe-in at this point. But beyond Vegas, what are you getting the feeling of as far as what the NHL will be looking at for a second hub city? Well, I think Vancouver is the leading contender if you look at Canada. And and uh, right now it absolutely looks like Canada is going to be willing to lift this 14-day quarantine that's mandatory for people uh, when it comes to the National Hockey League. And I can tell you for a fact from talking to league sources that there's no chance the league would go down this rabbit hole with an entire country um, and their government and their health agencies and get them to change their rule and then say, sorry, we're not coming. So um, it is if Canada 100% officially says you're welcome here, um, there's no doubt it's going to be uh, one of at least uh, Vancouver, Edmonton or Toronto. Um, you know, theoretically, you could have two hub cities in Canada and and uh, Gas Vegas, but, uh, you know, I think that Vancouver is, is the most appealing to the players, at least. Now, Edmonton is putting on an incredible push right now um, to try, uh, as a market, to try to get the NHL to come there. I think the, what the, the issue is with the players, uh, Jamie, and I bet you could relate, is that 
if you're going to be in a playoff run that's going to last a month and a half, two months, and you're going to be stuck in an, an isolated situation in a hub city, the league and the players are very worried about what the psyche of these players are going to be. If you're just trapped in for a month and a half, you're looking out your Vegas window, you're seeing the strip and thousands of people living their daily lives, and you're stuck in the Palms MGM or the Park MGM and not being able to go outside. And so what they're trying to do is make this the most comfortable, entertaining situation for these players where they're not just coming back from practice or games and just stick, you know staring right at their hotel room walls. So I think Vancouver, you have the you know posh hotels, great restaurants that the league can own and operate. They would literally shut down restaurants and they would just be open for the NHL uh, for for you know upwards of two months. And um, so I, I do think that that uh, Vancouver has quickly ascended to the top of the food chain with Edmonton close second. Now, look, I, I brought this up with, with JR earlier. I said, uh, you know, will it be problematic for the NHL as far as ratings and maybe even revenue streams that they don't have a team in the Eastern Conference or the Eastern Time Zone? And I understand that there'll be games played throughout the day in different times, but at the end of the day, your prime time games, like that northern northeast part of the United States and uh, eastern part of Canada, those are your big markets that are going to be watching these games. Is that problematic for the NHL? Yeah, you know, I'll say I'm not privy to know exactly what the actual schedules will be throughout the day, but I do think that they're going to rotate these games in both hub cities to make sure that throughout uh, time, that it doesn't matter what time zone that you are as a fan, that you're going to have games on at the appealing time for you. And, um, you know, they, clearly they've thought about that type of stuff where they would just put it in Toronto or they would put it in Columbus or Pittsburgh. Um, so I don't think it's something that they're absolutely worried about. Um, you know, the goal here is to have an almost made-for-TV made event, make these games extremely interactive for viewers like we've never seen before, and hopefully put on a really good product in a very, very odd situation. He's Michael Russo. You can find his work on The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Russo Hockey joined us here on Ribs and BK. Michael, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. We really do appreciate it. Yep, anytime, guys. See ya.